Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, welcome to episode six of Joke Artists. I am your host, Ryan Dever. Yeah, and I'm Jason Katz. Ooh, cool. And today we're going to be talking about um, comedy specials as a whole, because if you haven't listened to our other episodes, good. But uh, if you have, you know that we had Mark Norman, Joe List, and Sam Marill on, and we worked on all three of them. Well, Jason worked on Mark's, and I uh, helped out on the other two. Um, And we uh, had a blast working on them. So today we just wanted to talk about our experience um, in the comedy uh, special production realm. uh, Talking about directing and editing and all the pre-production work and the craziness and the fun. Uh, What do you think about that, Jay? I think you've lost your mind. (laughs) God's seize (laughs) seize him. (laughs) Get your hands off me! I am a knight! (laughs) Well, now that he's out of the picture, it's just you and I. Now I'll tell you, uh, not only did I direct Sam Morell's special, but I also got the pleasure of directing Joe Lists. Also, I edited Mark's. And uh, Brian and I both co-produced Joe Lists' special, and he edited Joe's special. Oh, what a whirlwind of excitement. We're going to dive right in, headfirst, into, into a, a three-foot pool, pool two feet and deep. we're going to crack our necks. <laughs> <laughs> Get ready to dive in, crack your neck, and go right to heaven, because this is going to be bad. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We were seeing a lot of comments on YouTube and Reddit um, of people saying, genuinely, I don't understand what goes into directing something like this. It's it's a one-man show. Like, doesn't a comedian just kind of go up there and do their thing? Like, uh, I'm not really sure um, what else goes into it because, you know, we were promoting it saying, oh, I edited this. And Jason was saying, I directed this. You got to check it out. It's awesome. And um, so we were. I'm not sure if they were trolling but uh, there were enough questions that we thought, hmm, yeah, actually, uh, it is it is an interesting question because there is a lot that goes into uh, producing a, a comedy show. It's, it isn't just, you know, you show up with an iPhone and, and, you know, pick a side of the room and you start shooting. Which we did do. We just showed up with iPhones and pick yeah, a side of the room. Yeah, I mean, we, but, we did that. You know, so we can, we, but we want to pretend that it was more than that. Yeah, exactly. Well, you had a Samsung at the time. Yeah. And I had an iPhone and the frame rates and the color never oh. match up. But, uh, you know, the audience never knew. No. Yeah, and we also shot the behind-the-scenes on a Nokia uh, flip phone <laughs> I uh, had, in between I, playing Snake. I couldn't film because I had that Nokia from the Matrix that you press the button on the side and it shoot, it slides open, whatever that was. Yeah, and it kept sliding out of your hand and falling under the ground. Yeah, it was and spring-loaded. You, you kept saying, I don't want to pick it up. I'm going to get another phone. Yeah, I, I I was really into phones uh, a couple months ago. I'm glad I got through that and over yeah, it. Yeah, I'm glad that you're over it too. It yeah. was, uh, you know, it got bad. So, you know, this kind of started with your friendship with Mark, right? So you guys met, I think when Wasn't he it? was on the show, you guys no, met okay. maybe seven years ago? Uh, yeah, um, me and Mark Norman, I met him, yeah, I don't know how many years ago now. I, I met him, uh, I think it was the first year he did Conan. And I saw him and I was like, wow, who is this guy? And, you know, I thought he was just so funny. And um, 
I I think I emailed him or something like that, and I asked him if I could do a documentary on him, and he repeatedly said no. And I begged him, no. Uh, he he said he said yes, and I was like cool, and so I just started filming him like for been, and, and I have been filming him for years, and, and still am. Um, whether he realizes it or not, I'm always filming. And then uh, along came this show, Ryan. The show that that uh, Joe List, Sam Morell, and Mark Norman wanted to pitch to Netflix or you know any outlet. Yeah, so they they were pitching. They were trying to create a show that was going to be a, a comedy show in a club with the three of them performing. They each would do twenty minute sets. Um, so Mark had thrown your name out there um, to direct and shoot and then you had hired me and then we'd, we'd hired another shooter and so that's how we kind of met Sam and Joe we worked with them on that and that was just one night of shooting um, yeah and then, well, then we, I, I think cut the sizzle for him oh we did I think oh, it was just one night one. oh yeah no, yeah that one. was the reshoots right yeah and but yeah, I mean I, wasn't I, knew, allowed. I had met Sam and yeah, I had met Sam and Joe you know through the years through Mark you know a bunch of times and we got to talking about him doing a comedy special and then uh, you and I, we just sort of talked to him and he asked us about, you know, directing it and we met with him a couple of times and, and on how it would go and all this other stuff and price things out and all this other things. And um, yeah, then eventually he gave us, I guess, the green light and, and went with us. And um, so that's kind of where the directing starts. You know, normally you'd think... Um, with a film or something bigger budget, the director kind of has, you know, works with the visuals. He works with the actors or, you know, the talent, stuff like that. And, um, directs in that way. We, we kind of had to be, you had to be a director, also producer. Um, and because it's low budget, you work, um, with what Sam or Joe, um, can afford. And then it gets approved and you, you kind of move forward on, on getting equipment and having to test out equipment and having to meet with the club and and see the space and it just it it's it balloons. It's not just showing up and setting up cameras. It's right. making it's sure of, you get the look right. There's a lot of right. pre prep. There's a lot of uh, you know pre production that goes on with these things. And just with Sam's, like you know, meeting him and talking to him. Uh, even the, you know, the night where we sort of decided, you know, that he wanted to do a special and we were seeing, you know, if he could sell it somewhere, um, and then he decided to self-produce it, uh, before selling it, which was really cool. And I remember, you know, discussing wardrobe with him, you know, he was, uh, was, you know, giving him advice on what he should Mm -hmm. wear. And then he would text me pictures of what he, um, was thinking about wearing um, and you know, eventually we decided on something that would, you know, show up better on camera. Um, you know, and then you and I with the gear, like, as you mentioned, like, um, since we were doing a lower budget, these, these specials, you know, we had to be our own gear testers and, and physically, uh, you know, rent all the gear, just, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars worth of, of expensive lenses, like really expensive lenses. Cause we wanted this thing to look sharp, even though, it was so calledly like low budget. We wanted it to look like it wasn't to a certain degree. And, you know, we got really expensive cameras, uh, you know, expensive lenses, fortunately, and, and they were worth it. I mean, they were very, very sharp and really nice. But the right. 
the hard the hard part is about renting these lenses and renting these cameras. You know, you have to approach these rental houses and and tell them your background because they want to know why should we let you guys have all this expensive equipment? Mm -hmm. Um, Because even with insurance, they still want to know reasonings why. And you know, I remember the struggle of during Sam's of renting all this gear, renting all these wires and these tripods and all this stuff on our own and explaining why we wanted it. And um, we would speak to this rental house and they'd be like, you know, uh, well, I'm not sure and blah, blah, blah. And then it would go back and forth for a little while. And then, you know, eventually we got, we got the stuff, but even when we got this stuff, we still didn't have this stuff. Like when, we would go to these rental house and test out the lenses and test out the cameras because we just wanted to make sure we were getting everything we wanted. And, you know, we have to obviously make sure the equipment works before taking it too. Um, and there was such a struggle of getting the stuff because one person at the customer service would say, yep, your order's ready. Then we, we'd, you'd speak to somebody else next day and they were like, well, I don't have anything. I don't have any papers ready. And you're like, what? Yeah, and be like, this the shoots in two weeks. Like we need yeah. this to be, and then hey, the shoots in two days. Yeah, and be like, and it'll oh, be like yeah, the shoots yeah, yeah. tomorrow. Like, where's the stuff? You know, right. it was it was really frustrating. And balancing um, it with insurance, you know, you you get basically, you know, let's cut to the end in in the sense that everything gets approved. We have all the equipment we need, but then we find out we need an extra cable, and yeah. just that cable sends us over what we were going to be insured for and over right. budget. And then we'd have to think, okay, what can we cut? Or can we then, we now have to get approved this $15. And it was literally a cable. And then we, we had to go there and right. check out to see if we actually needed it. Um, so yeah. in a sense, directing is, is all before the shoot. Right. <laughs> this was all the stuff we did before. Like, you know, all the producing of that. Then, working with um, lighting, working with sound, working with the art designer, um, the background, uh, all that stuff, and, you know, cohesively working together so we can find a balance of how this should look and uh, how this should feel and, you know, even to where Sam should stand and uh, his movements so we can know to track him Um, Mm -hmm. because, you know, uh, he he's Sam's not you know a super physical comic like he doesn't you know get down on the ground and and do like you know some stuff. Um, yeah, he's not like so, Cat Williams who's sprinting back and forth. Right, he does uh, resemble Cat Williams, but he <laughs> he isn't him. Um, but <laughs> I don't even get that. But um, but uh, I thought you said um, Cat Robin Williams, right? Um, like a well, cat I, I, I was of Robin thinking Robin Williams. Williams also. Yeah, I thought you said like a cat version of robin williams yeah I wonder if that's anyone's cat cat robin williams like someone's like come here cat robin williams not yet all right cat, cat robin robbie williams um okay uh <laughs> cat robbie robin serena williams cat on a hot tin serena williams <laughs> yeah kit cat robin serena williams Kit Kat Robin Thick Williams. <laughs> Thick? Robin Thick? Oh, damn. All right. Kit yeah. Kat Robin Allen Thick Serena Williams. Wow. We've definitely lost every every listener yeah. that was there. But if we haven't lost you. Um yeah, so you know, all that stuff. 
Um, and it's funny that because like, so if you're directing, you know, let's say some big budget production, right? The director is not touching the gear until it's there on set. You know what I mean? The, the director will look at the, the, the list and, and, and the, and it'll definitely tell you what the lens is. I mean, it's more director photography, but he's not right. physically or she's not physically picking up the lenses. So, you know what I mean? Like this was a lot of stuff that you and I did, um, you know, physically driving the equipment to places, uh, lining, you know, tape down on the floors, um, a lot of stuff just to cut corners to make this thing, uh, look and feel really, really good and stay low budget, but stay low budget. Yeah. <laughs> but we were fortunate enough to work with some really great people like, you know, the art directors and, and lighters and the audio guys, like we were saying. So, you know, they also, uh, made it look and sound so good. And, you know, Liz from the comedy club, from the cellar, you know, being so cool yeah, and allowing us to check out the clubs. Cause we went there, uh, you know, obviously a while before and shot stuff on our phones just to see what it would look like and the angles we wanted to choose and where we would uh, place the cameras. Um, because we still wanted to fill the club up to a certain extent. Right. And we had to be mindful of the waiters and waitresses that were going to be going around during the show. And yeah. Like, would that be present? Would we stop them? And I believe for Sam's, I think we stopped them uh, from, from being present at all. I, I, I'm, I think so. And we aligned the front row, yep. all the chairs. We aligned uh, everything completely different from how they normally do it. That was the difference between Sam and Joe. Sam, there was no drink service during the show. It was only before... Right. Um, and during Joe's, I, I believe, I think it was, I think before Joe's, Joe List, correct me if I'm wrong, Comedy Central was there filming their stuff like a, maybe yep. a day or two before. And, you know, we got to see what their setup was like. And honestly, it wasn't that much different besides obviously their cameras. Um, yeah, but they weren't, they're not slider. any better or anything like that. It was just that it was wild because you see this TV production and the only difference was that they had a... Um, slider you know a really heavy slider and uh we chose not to get a slider because we wanted our fourth camera operator steve nahorniak and he's he's great um just you know amazing camera guy emmy went multi emmy winning camera guy um uh, he's done just so many things and um we wanted him to have a more sort of like um a behind the scenes sort of look to his camera and that's not what yeah. i really mean i don't mean behind the scenes but i mean like i don't know how to not sound pretentious and say the word avant-garde like you know what i'm saying yeah it, he was off tripod it was handheld we had we wanted a little bit of that kind of capture that rugged feel of a comedy club of you're there voyeuristic meets saving private ryan meets yes. you know it's just yeah, it just creates an it's an ever evolving shot, which yeah. you know, when when we have three cameras on tripods that they look great, absolutely, but it just it makes such a difference to have makes such a difference to have a fourth shot or even if it's your third shot, one shot that kind of is evolving. So you could have a slider that's constantly changing perspective in a sense or like what Steve did, he's kind of running around the club getting different angles, different feels. Um, changing the depth of field, you know, just and, and so good at it. And that's what made this easy was the people we were working with, uh, we trusted. And especially the camera crew that we had hired um, to yeah, help us Steve out. Yeah, Steve and Cameron Bosart, like both of them, yeah. you know, so so good. And the difference between Sam Morell's and Joe Liz special is that for Steve on, on uh, 
on uh, Sam's special, he was doing it all shoulder mounted. And on Joe's, we were able to budget it and, and adjust stuff. So we were able to give him a um, safety, like one of those harnesses, a big body harness. I can't think of the word at the moment, but um, so it keeps your st- shots even more stable, takes some pressure off the camera so you're not killing your shoulder all night. And yeah. and I really loved some of those shots like that um, Steve got. They were just between you know they were like between just the cracks of of people laughing like it was between like one head and another head sometimes and it would be these sometimes these big wide shots or um he also got so many establishing shots outside and so much slow motion stuff uh i don't think of any of that stuff some of that stuff wasn't used but it was just you know it was just really good and it gave i think you something that you normally usually don't see and not, there was nothing standard about it. And I sort of liked that a lot where it really was like, hey, you're sitting in the audience. And absolutely. And I think what's good about what Steve did was the way he shot, um, aside from having a harness to just a shoulder mount from you know going from Sam's to Joe's, was that those shots that he gets does help separate the two specials. So Sam and Joe's were filmed in the same location. Yeah, the Comedy Cellar. Yeah, in New York City. Um, And he was doing basically the same thing, but you're not going to get the same result each time, which is cool. So you're making your your shots unique. It guarantees that. So that was that's what kind of helped us distinguish um, and not have to worry about how is this going to be different from from Sam's. Now going into Sam's, yeah, we knew that how he wanted... Yeah, physically going to look different. Yeah. Right. Because we knew that color palette wise, Sam wanted a more uh, black uh, and white more, kind of feel. Right. And, he wanted more, uh, I guess, a flatter color tone. Yes. And then Joe, uh, I think we chose to make the color differently or, 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 you know, day of. And then you, Ryan, during the editing process, chose a color scheme that you like, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it was, um, I mean, again, we didn't, we didn't edit, um, Sam's, but you know, the art, he worked with an an artist who had, had created that backdrop, that city backdrop that you see behind him in his special. And he wanted the feel to kind of match that black and white flat look kind of, you know, Woody Allen ish, you know, Manhattan style. Um, whereas Joe was, Oh, and also about them, remember about the, that New York City backdrop, originally Sam had a whole cartoon for his opening. Yeah, that's right. His, his whole show open was a cartoon. Um, I, I don't remember if it was all black and white, but it... it I think it was. Went, it went right into that background. It fit into that background. And then ultimately that whole cartoon, even though it was done, it was cut. Um, we, it never made it into the, the, the uh, final cut, I think, because... Uh, we were just kind of like, hey, let's just get into the comedy. You know, like, this is, um, you know, it's it's just so funny. Let's be, let people watch it already. And I think that m- might have been the reason why it was just ultimately cut out. Maybe, yeah. It, it could have been. I, I think that's, that is like a shift in um, video content as a whole online now, whereas I feel like a couple years ago, um, even with TV shows, you have the longer intros and stuff like that. Whereas now more viral, not viral content, but just digital content, um, you press play and it starts. There's less of like a huge graphic and 
and people kind of like play things down a little bit more and just get you right in the action. And I, I think maybe, you know, maybe that was a, a choice um, of the time. The yeah, zeitgeist. It, it was just, it was just so weird that it was just like originally, you know, what I had seen, I think you saw too, was that this was going to be the show open. And so we sort of based some stuff around that show open, like the coloring and all that other stuff. And it's, it's funny that it was ultimately cut, but you know, obviously didn't affect the special whatsoever. Right. And, and again, we, you know, also shot it in a way that if he did want to put color into it, yeah, you know, they could. Um, yeah. We shot it completely flat. So we were yeah. able to uh, adjust the color how, however we wanted. Uh, but yeah. we, we, we didn't color that one, but we the editor would have been able to adjust it however um, he wanted. Right. But as far as um, Joe's special, uh, you know, at that point now we had directed Sam's. I had edited Mark's Norman's special. And so we had these two done and Joe's, now was going to become you know we thought maybe a little bit easier because we had already done this and gone through um all the head the you know prep we've done all the prep work prep work for that that location yeah for that location but i will say doing joe so it was it was up in the air it was back and forth you know there's a lot of you know you got to talk to people's agents and it was a lot of back and forth of how much, you know, what this is going to cost and, um, and you know, will we get the gig or not? We'll go to somebody else. And it sort of, you know, went back and forth for a while. I remember I was in California at the time filming something and, uh, something you know, I was sketchy. on the phone with them. What's that? Something sketchy. Oh yeah. Filming something very sketchy. Um, <laughs> and, uh, I, um, and, uh, so I, you know, I was going back and forth with them on the phone, you know, the, the agents trying to figure out you know, what this was going to cost. And since you and I were co-producing this one, Joe's, we also had, you know, do the, the, all the pre prep work and all the gear again. Yeah. And just to keep costs down. And that's, what's the amazing part is that like, so a lot of times, you know, not a lot of times, every time there'll be PAs everywhere. There'll be, there's just a job for everyone. But we were like, all right, Ryan and I were like, all right, we can take on all this stuff, you know, ourselves and then have uh, our two other shooters come, you know, day of and, you know, help set up and uh, do what they have to do. But the pre prep for that all PA this demand, stuff, yeah. Yeah. But the pre prep for all this stuff was, you know, a, a ton of work. It was just days worth of works. And the same thing again with Joe, you know, we went over a wardrobe of what he would wear and, uh, came down to you know his jacket and shirts and um you know and and lighting wise again the same thing we, you know you want to make sure that you're not like um you know casting shadows over his face or if he's going to turn around you want to make sure okay I, I'm, I'm still gonna be able to capture his expression yeah and you had to get a look at them while they were on stage yeah and you need to know why you're capturing what you're capturing mm-hmm. you know you need to go okay is this joke need to be close up on someone's face you know um is someone going to be jumping or something like that but it's all about okay do i need to see the expression on someone's face for this joke to make it be better or does it uh or is it just work on his own without without that without some sort of close-up or push-in or 
some sort yeah. of cut. And the and the best part about it was that you were able to edit Joe's, and that's we were like, wow, this is going to be cool because now we have full range of I get to direct it and you get to edit it, and we both get to produce it together, and right. we have all those thoughts because originally Joe's special you had cut it a completely different way yeah so I mean just to the the point you had mentioned before of of you know camera um visual choice should it be tight for this joke should it be wide for this joke I, I think I mean maybe people know this it must maybe it's pretty common but I think a lot of people don't know that you do film multiple shows so the special is not right. just one show so what we did for, for both Sam's and, and Joe's is you have two shows back to back, two different audiences. Um, so one, in one instance, you're fighting um, a different audience. So you don't want to um, kind of reveal that too much. You still want to have the illusion yeah. that it's one show in sequence. Um, but to what Jason was saying was before is, and this lends itself to the directing, is while he's filming and he has a monitor that he can see everyone else's shots... Right. He has to keep in mind, um, let's say we're in show one. Okay, um, during this joke, I remember that I was tight. I remember looking at the monitor and Ryan was really wide and, yeah. and Cam was medium and, and um, um, maybe let's, he definitely wasn't. But let's say, oh, Steve was uh, behind a pole and, and didn't get it. I know that in between show one and show two, I got to go tell Steve, I need you to be on the left side for this part, Ryan. Um, like when we get to this part, we're going to go wide. And then, you know, we had headsets. So when those jokes would come up, you'd hear over the, you know, your, your headset, Ryan, stay wide here or Ryan going closer cam where you are is perfect. I'm going to back out. So no one changed their angles. So there's a lot of that going on. And luckily you have the safety of filming two shows right. to kind of hide that and make sure you get any kind of visual angle, tight, wide, medium that you can possibly get. It, it, it allows you to do that. Right, because um, normally someone's in a, something called a video village is what they call it in production where it's, you know, all the angles. But, uh, you know, it's funny you bring it up because I completely, like, forgot about it because it's all a blur because it just went so fast that, you know, I'm, I, I'm, I'm not only am I filming, but, yeah, there's a monitor next to me with everybody's angle. So I'm continuously looking at both and, you know, on my own shot and trying to talk to you guys at the same time. And uh, uh, not nerve-wracking at all, though, because... I just, I know it sounds sarcastic, but it really is. I'm so just, fucking tough. Yeah, yeah. No, but really, because I just trust all of you guys so much in the angles you would get that I'm like, okay, you know, this is going to be great. And it's it's tough to, you know, um, have that much um, trust in, in someone else's shot because you go, okay, like, you know, if someone messes up, we don't get a redo. We are doing it live. We can't go, hey, Sam, could you do that joke again? Uh, we didn't get it. But, you know, you guys are just so good that obviously it just makes it so much easier because, you know, everyone's got a great background of all the things that they've done. And, um, well, yeah, and, and that it and, helps. And, yeah. No, yeah, no. And not only that, it's just, I don't know. Everyone, you know, we're all fans of comedy. Um, right. We all and, get it. Like we've been yeah. around that, so we know what yeah. it, what's what's it what's involved. And we've listened to Sam Morell's and Joe List's set, you know, so many times, so we know in our heads, okay, they're going to do this joke, they're going to do this joke, they're going to do this joke, and that's also a major part of the prep is listening to it because it's it gets adjusted quickly, and and 
it can get adjusted at the drop of a hat if somebody says something in the audience or if a line is flubbed or or whatever um then we go okay we have to now do a pickup or we have to which is you know ask them to start it over or say some other part or right um, so that that can happen where like a joke maybe doesn't go well or the the comedian like messes up a word and they pause and they go are uh there's going to be a little odd but we're going to redo that joke and then right. you know the that, audience that, also that gets I it. I don't think happened for any of the shows, right? Um, I, I don't think so. I think, yeah, the the only thing it was at the end of Sam's, we just wanted to get, um, I think we oh, wanted yes, to get applause more applause yeah, just for audio. We to, yeah, we audio and we wanted to be able to end this thing on a cleaner note because I think it, it ended too abruptly. Right, um, so we just had then, him exit twice. Right, but then... My the biggest thing I'm I uh, and I don't want to skip ahead and, and for you listeners I know that you're like what the fuck is this guy talking about he's he's jumping from one thing to the other but uh, be patient <laughs> but I will say there's though, nobody here yeah but I will say though that the one thing is though with Joe's and I want I was trying to bring this up before is that the editing for Joe's was so was so funny and special because there was a whole big not mess up there was a whole big um, detour and and Ryan if you want to talk about that since you cut it. Um, no, I, I declined to answer. No, yeah, my my counsel advised me not to speak on that. No, yeah, it it was it was cool. Um, so they were when I was cutting it, there ended up being two cuts. Um, Joe's version, and then the version that that went to Comedy Central. That, um, you know, Joe and and his uh, his agents and uh, management team agreed would just be be a cleaner uh, cut. But I believe it was during the first show of of the two shows we were filming for Joe where mid-show he realized that, I mean, everything was, was segueing perfectly well. You wouldn't even yeah. know that he had deviated from his own plan. This is just obviously he knew that he had skipped over a couple jokes. Um, but to the audience, you wouldn't know. And mid-show he was like, oh, oh shit. I just realized I forgot a huge chunk of material. <laughs> I'm going to go back and uh, do it and squeeze it in and, and we'll, we'll see how this goes. And the crowd like lost it. And they loved you know, it. In, in that moment they, they loved it. Cause you feel like you're a part of something that no one else is going to be a part of, you know? So like that, yeah. that next audience that comes in, they're not going to have the same experience that that first audience had. And that's, what's so great about comedy is it's, it's every show, anything can happen and, and delivery always changes. Everything's slightly different. Um, right. So in Joe's version, um, we kept it. We kept it clean. So, you know, we were changing. I was changing camera angles and all that stuff, but I kept in the flub and I allowed him to try to work his way back and, and, and kind of kept it true to form. Yeah. Um, and that, I love that. That was really funny to me. It, it made it really unique and it, and it really, you know, when, when Joe was on, we had mentioned that it, it fit with the title. I hate myself because it, it in that kind of character, because in a, in a sense he's a character of himself on stage, it it fit that tone of oh god I hate myself like I can't believe I let that happen, um, but it was not like you were saying it wasn't a flub it it was nothing that like you know when you see a comedian get on stage and they mess up a joke and they're like ah damn it and then it, there's kind of like this weird energy, um, it almost seemed. And it's not, it wasn't scripted, but it almost felt that way because he's such a professional. All these yeah. comedians are such professionals that it didn't stop him. It didn't throw him off. He just kept going and made it work and it made the special so unique. So I believe when his album comes out, which is in 
uh, I think the first or second week of October. I, I could be wrong. Um, he, you can go to uh, Joe List's Instagram to find out or his website. Um, but he's releasing the album of the special. Yeah. And the album is going to be that version, that original yeah. version that we, that, you know, that you Jason cut. and I loved and, and Joe loved initially that, that initial cut, um, yeah. which, which is our favorite cut. Yeah. And it was just so funny because it almost seemed like his, and again, I don't want to call it a mess up. I don't know what to call it, but it, it almost seemed like it was a joke in itself where I'm like, wow, like, is that part of the act? Because everyone was just right. laughing so much. I was laughing and. I mean, I knew it wasn't, I, I knew, you know, I knew what, there was nothing intentional, obviously, about it, and it genuinely was a forgetful moment, but I was like, wow, this is just so funny, and it's not funny like blooper, it was funny like, this is another joke, and right. maybe his forgetful, him, him forgetting that chunk will, you know, maybe this is, a, maybe this is um, not real, maybe this is part of like a script or something like that in his head. But obviously that wasn't the case, but it just seems so funny and natural uh, that I, I do wish that it was left in, but at least people will be able to hear it on the audio CD. Yeah, because I, w- I was bummed towards the end when when we decided to to move on with a different edit and I had to kind of basically yeah, take re- out the re- flub it. and make sure that it was all properly in sequence based on, you know, the script of jokes um, that yeah. he, had, he had prepared. Which um, also is like a continuity thing because now you have to know, yeah. it goes into another part of sh- filming these, you know, you got to go, okay, you know, how many water bottles are going to be on stage? Where's the stool? Where's the mic? Uh, is it in his left hand? Is it in his right hand? Because some of those things, you know, a lot of people might not notice them, but there could be that some people that are, and what you don't want to do is throw somebody off because of some sort of uh, continuity issue or editing issue. You don't want to throw somebody off if they're looking left and then when it cuts the uh, angle, they're looking right or they're looking down because you don't want yeah. people to be aware, obviously, at all that time has passed and you don't want your cuts to be noticeable. Right. Um, so that was also something that, you know, we were always thinking about while filming and, you know, uh, directing these. Post-production-wise, the only thing that was nerve-wracking with um, Joe List's uh, special was we filmed it kind of the week um, that Corona was starting to become a very real thing. Yeah. And, um, you know, there was no mandate of no one going out yet. You know, nothing, we didn't do, obviously, break any uh, code or quarantine no. laws or anything like that The only thing that all. was talked about was keep washing your hands. Right. So and that was really it. It was just keep Yeah, it was really just hands. keep washing your hands. So that's so what was, we were doing, literally filming, filming, you know, you're meeting people as they come in, you're shaking everybody's hand. Hi, how are you? And running to the bathroom, washing your hands, going back to where you need to be. Right. And we finished filming. And obviously, after you finish filming, it's time to start editing. And um, that's when quarantine hit. Yeah. And it was a very strange experience because um, we, you know, we, we didn't get our, our audio we, we needed communication with um, the comedy seller. And because the city shut down, it was delayed a little bit right. um, before I could even get started cutting it yeah. um, and trying to make sure one, everyone was okay and healthy, but trying to track people down was difficult because people were leaving the city. People were going all over yeah. to kind of avoid being stuck in their apartments or stuck wherever they didn't want to be stuck. Right. Um, also the so, businesses had shut down as well. Yeah. So people didn't need to be. So it was, things. yeah, I mean, it, it was, it was editing. The special was delayed about a month. Yeah, it went 
it was delayed for a while and then, you know, it took a while to sell it and see where it was going to go and, and all that other stuff. Which we don't want to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Summer is over and fall is upon us. And in New York City, at least, you know, restaurants are starting to open. But guess what? In a, in a few months, maybe, 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 maybe uh, we won't have to wear a mask anymore. And it's going to be really shocking when we all take our masks off and we see that we've aged. I know uh, Jason and I are now completely bald and, oh, and yep. we're full, riddled with wrinkles. Good yep. Lord. Uh, and, uh, I look like a California raisin. I want a permanent, I want a Snapchat filter for real life that permanently. Well, uh, you know, the closest thing to that. Yes. Plexiderm. With Plexiderm, all you need is 10 minutes and you can look 10 years younger. Plexiderm is a clinically studied serum that gives your appearance the right kind of changes. What's crazy about Plexiderm is that it will make you look 10 years younger. So if you are 10 and you do take this, (laughs) you will no longer be born. Uh, Or you'll be zero. I don't know. Be wary of how old you are while putting this this cream on because you will technically go back in time by the way it visibly reduces wrinkles fine lines and even under eye bags in minutes and the results will last for hours you can try a six application trial pack for just $14.95 with free shipping when you visit triplexiderm.com and use the code believe again that's triplexiderm.com and use the code believe b-l-e-a-v at checkout and i'm checking you out so mark norman special uh um, I, I forget right at the moment, but I know it. I think it has over like three million views right now. Um, you know, it's it's hilarious. And and about filming his special, I'm sorry about editing his special. Originally, uh, his special that Amy Schumer produced, uh, I was supposed to edit it uh, originally, and then uh, last minute I didn't get it. I didn't get the gig, and uh, somebody else got it. So I just you know filmed a behind the scenes stuff on it, and we we put some some commercials on. YouTube, and then I had a uh, a funny idea if like he would um, deface his own comedy poster. I was like, oh, because there were there were subway comedy posters uh, in the in the New York City subway system. There were there were posters everywhere, and Comedy Central had put these posters out of him. You know, the, for his other special, um, the one that Amy Schumer produced, and uh, <clears throat> I was I pitched him this joke where you know. Uh, two two ways where either it looked like he was about to deface a poster, and when it when it pull, when the camera uh, pans out, wide, widens out, he's obviously defacing his own poster, and he's writing "hack" on his forehead, um, or he's about to write "hack" on the poster, and it's already written there that somebody else had written it. Um, he liked the idea, so we <laughs> went with him. We filmed these little you know funny uh, promos for the for the special. And those were fun, but then so for this when I found out he was doing this other one, when he told me, I was like, you know, I'd love to cut it. And he was like, yeah. So that's how I got that gig. And it was funny because I didn't know exactly when his special was going to be. Cause originally he had asked me if I wanted to direct it, uh, his special. And I did, right. I was like, hell yeah. And then, uh, I'm not sure exactly what happened. I can't really remember, but, but some, some other team did. And, I was in LA at the time doing some shoot and I was just walking down the street and he happened to be walking down the same street in LA. It was very weird. And he, we were just both like, what? Like, no way. 
And I was like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm going to <clears throat> a meeting right now, uh, you know, because we're shooting that special like in a day or two. And I was like, what? No way. And, you know, he told me about it and he was like, you know, you want to edit it or whatever. So I was like, yeah, definitely. So then, you know, we all talked and worked out. This was after stuff. you you guys fought in the street because yeah, you're like, what do you mean block. I'm not directing it? <laughs> do you know who I am? And I he goes, literally no. didn't know who I was at the moment because I had to take my pills. <laughs> right, and that's and why then, he didn't ask you. Right, and I said, hello? I kept calling him Clark for some reason. Um, <laughs> and I was talking to his dick. Um, and he was like, geez, man, it's me, Mark. And I was like, Clark? Uh, then, you know, after 45 minutes of him resuscitating me, um, I, I came to and I said, Hey, can I edit your special? And he was like, yeah, I guess so. Um, and yeah. I took, I guess so as a legal, uh, term of yes, like a binding, kind of binding thing. agreement. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> I held him to it, literally held him down <laughs> and I, I forced him to give me the footage and I cut it. <laughs> you, you cut him and then cut it. Yeah, uh, he's he's no longer with us, but he would appreciate right. the amount of views that it had gotten. Uh, if anyone's seen oh, Mark man. or heard him, it's all. Um, we what we did was we took we've been doing it. We've we've taken lots of audio over the years and we've manipulated it to sound like he's still doing the podcast and still alive. <laughs> and uh, rest is a hologram. Yeah. He is alive and well. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, no. Either way, so I so I I had such a fun time cutting that thing. And, and again, I wasn't there for the shooting. I didn't know what was going to happen. Uh, but for his, so they shot a whole opening, a whole, uh, fun, uh, you know, really funny opening. Uh, you know, I cut it. Uh, I wasn't the, the keenest on it. I was like, I don't really understand why we'd, we'd have this because I feel like just let's just get into this special. Uh, eventually, all that, that stuff was cut. I don't know. I don't think he ever showed it to anybody. Uh, all the intros were cut. The outro was cut. Um, and, you know, we just cut the special and it was it was great. And... Um, the, the, uh, I forgot where it was shot somewhere, somewhere in LA, but that was interesting. That was cool. And what the best part about that was that I was able to single handedly cut it on my own and just send him and the, the company, all the, you know, versions of it, of how I wanted to do it. And, um, pretty much just went from there. And then me and Mark went back and forth of, of him going, I think, you know, uh, show two has a better joke here. And, uh, you know, maybe yeah. people, people laughed more in show one at this joke. And so, you know, we would combine, uh, the shows, but again, that's a continuity thing, especially now because we didn't direct this and, and Ryan and I didn't shoot this either. And we had literally no part of it besides me editing it. Um, so, I had to then cut things so they would be seamless and no one would know. Obviously, they're from two different shows and um, all that stuff. And that was only three angles. That was less than what we had done. Um, so, you know, it was a little a little harder, but uh, it was still a lot of fun. It was still great. And I love the audio mix that 800-pound Gorilla did. Um, I think they may have been the ones who, who directed and shot. I can't remember. But um, that was really cool, and that was a lot of fun. And uh, the coolest part was that Mark wanted to do this whole opening and eventually this other opening, another one that, that we hadn't, I hadn't cut. Uh, eventually we, we, we just didn't do it because it was just coming down to a timing issue. And it was also, it was just, it was a lot of work and we didn't, we didn't need to do that. But what was cool is we were able to do these two promos. One promo he did with, uh, Matt Salaclus, Salaclus, um, I believe, 
And that was great where he was doing this thing where he would uh, run through Times Square. And this is during the pandemic. Uh, uh, so he would run through Times Square where it was empty. Um, it was like, like Vanilla a, Sky. Yeah. Yes, parody Vanilla Sky. And that came out great. Um, I just did a little bit of cutting on that, but uh, somebody else mostly cut that. But then I was like, hey, let's do a... Um, well, we both agreed on doing a uh, a full trailer. And then I was kind of like, oh, maybe we can do like a, you know, um, a, a fake sort of movie-esque trailer, kind of. And then we both had the idea of like, hey, let's... Let's be honest and say, talk about all the places that didn't pick this up because it went back and forth about picking this up because we were hoping maybe Comedy Central would pick it up or Netflix or just somebody. And eventually, unfortunately, I, well, I wouldn't say unfortunately because I think it did so, so well and still doing well, but nobody picked it up. Um, so we did this thing of like, you know, Netflix, Amazon, uh, Hulu, BET, Pornhub or whatever. Uh, yeah, yeah. Of, of all the places that, you know, uh, didn't pick up the special and that he was giving it away for free. And that was, I thought, pretty genuine and funny and cool because, you know, Mark's a very honest guy. And we're like, all right, look, no one's picking us up. Uh, might as well, you know, do this trailer like that. And that, that was a lot of fun. And we got to put that out on YouTube and then ultimately released it on YouTube. You know, 4K, great thing. And, and what the what the collective comments on all three of these are is that how are these free and that's what everybody always says how are these free and i think the same thing i go i don't understand because i'll see something on netflix that you're like this person got like 70 million for doing it you know and they only did one take um you know that's not true but uh, yeah you know, they don't say that uh, yeah <laughs> but but they got you know like 10 million whatever and you go wow and, and these guys hilarious and you know they're self-producing it to a certain degree, uh, actually, no, not to a certain degree. They're self-producing it, and and you know, yeah, and you go, I wow, mean, and you look at the numbers, and you go, why wouldn't you know this network or this network not want millions of viewers on theirs? Hmm, I don't know why. I can't answer that. Obviously, well, that's but, what's funny is you look at Amazon and Netflix, and you see all these comedy specials that obviously look great. They have you know crazy budgets. Yeah, you know, they have sweeping, sweeping yeah. crane shots. They have all this stuff, a packed theater, all this stuff. Yeah. And then you watch it and you go, wow, I, I, it's been 20 minutes. I haven't laughed yet. Or, you know? and then, or you like it and you go, I did laugh. And then it's over and you're like, oh, that was really funny. Okay, it's it's over. And then you go, wait a second. Why did a studio spend hundreds of thousands to do this when it doesn't right. need to be cost? When it comes down to how funny the person is in the comedy and- to make it look good and sound good doesn't doesn't need to cost what it cost. And it's evident because you watch those and you see the view count and you see the view count going up. So you go, okay, it's about the comedy. It's not about the budget that you put into it. And that's why I go, okay, these networks should, and hopefully, I don't know, hopefully they realize they don't necessarily need that. And then they also hire us. Uh, that's yeah. Jason Katz, well, Brian <laughs> Dever, or Devere, however you want to say it. However you're feeling, I'm saying it. But yeah, no, that's, and, and that's a product of this new world we're living in, of of every studio is realizing, all right, we've got to do Zoom with Kelly and Ryan, and it's going to look terrible, you know, but we've got, we got a show, the show must go on. Yeah. You don't need to be spending this much for quality content. And right. that's, and as long as it's not, 
um, I guess, noticeable. Like in, in college, we had a professor that said like, you know, the greatest compliment I can give you, say I was working the audio board, was that is, I, you got a sweet ass. Yeah, he goes, that oh, good big old sound, ass you got. He goes, yeah, he's like, mwah. Um, and you, but that he said, was the guy you had an affair with, right? <laughs> well, he, he's here. Honey, would you like to say something? Yeah, I want to talk about that big old ass. Um, wow. Yeah, he, he's, uh, he's all about sweetheart. that big old ass I got. Wow. Um, you, you, yeah. you got that big old ass. <laughs> uh, Casey Kasub and that big old ass. <laughs> this song goes back to 1972. The, <laughs> the Shondells and that big old ass. The Supremes Ooh. with big old ass. Baby, baby, <laughs> big old Where did your ass go? <laughs> Where'd it go? I guess that's big old small ass. Um, well, but anyway. They hit it. In a, yeah, they hit it. Sheet. Oh, right. Yeah, because they want to keep it. Yeah. They don't want anybody else to get that big old ass. Yeah. Um, right. I don't know you what were the saying? hell we're talking about. Yeah, no. You were saying so, before I rudely interrupted? <laughs> yeah, so he had this saying of, of the, the best compliment I can give you if you're working audio was, I didn't notice it. And so that means like it didn't sound bad. It's when it right. sounds good, you don't notice it. So that's what we've kind of that we went into with these specials, trying to keep the budget low, but good enough that you don't notice. You know, like we right. we we went the the extra mile to get these 4K cameras that look great, and, and we hired an amazing, great cinema lenses. Oh, incredible cinema lenses! Yeah. All not, I mean, they're all expensive. With, all within budget. Though. Within the budget, and we're not going to say how much. It was really low. Yeah, and um. You know, the audio team as well, like just did a killer job. So you look at this thing yeah. and, and it looks a lot more expensive than it was. Right. Um, it's just, you got to know, you know, have the right connections in a way. And, and it's a lot of. Well, uh, I wouldn't a, say the right knowledge. Well, that's, that's what, what I was going to say done, is, you know, we've, we've not to pat ourselves on the big old asses, but you know, the, the, oh, but the, but the knowledge that you and I have, uh, gain through the years really helped us well yeah i mean it just like when we when we start off talking about how you met mark and whatnot and and um you know you were working for howard stern and yeah. and i was working under under uh you know i was working at a under under a car as a mechanic yeah no i was just working under cars yeah um, and i was like what are you doing like where sir? i live you're like i'm stealing whatever i can get my hands on yeah, it was and like one of those those heist movies where like I'm an unlikely asset, and you're like, I think I got a job for you. And you went, and, uh, I told you, I'm out. <laughs> and I went, just one more, please. And you're like, I never worked with I you don't before. Think so. And then <laughs> one more. three days later, you you just called me, and you were like, What is it? Yeah, and I, I was like, I knew I want back. back in. But yeah, I mean, you like whatever job you had or I had. Uh, we were doing stuff on the side as well, and, and we were both working in production, but you're always kind of keeping your throwing arm strong and being up on the latest camera equipment and editing software and for fun, watching videos on lighting, on audio, on, on all those techniques. Um, so it, it, it's, in a sense, it's, it's all pre-production work. You know, right. when you get to that point, it's, and it's like you were saying, I wasn't, and I'm speaking as you, I wasn't uh, nervous when you were filming and having to direct at the same time looking at the, the monitors because it also, I worked with you at that time. Um, yeah. And, we worked I, and we, bunch we, of jobs, you were yeah. doing that uh, on the daily. So you were filming and having to look at monitors and, and I was doing the same thing too. Right. So 
when you're kind of faced with these issues and, 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 you know, a bunch of issues come up with any shoot and you just have to kind of troubleshoot and power through and, and, and figure it out. Yeah. And that's where the knowledge comes in. But a lot of times there's stuff that you've run into before and it's not a big deal because you knew how to circumvent that issue and, and create a, a good product. Um, regardless. Yeah. I mean, cause you and I, we worked with just tons of different budgets, you know, whether it was on, uh, you know, different commercials or shows, um, and we've just sort of been around to a certain extent and again with different people and producers and that just helps you so much in realizing how to communicate with somebody, how to talk to somebody and how to also keep your cool and how to figure out things. Um, even as, as small as in, I think it was Joe List special that one of our wires was short. And we needed a longer wire to get to the monitor because we, again we we're trying to keep budget short. So you know we had to make a run. I think Cam made a run. I think the Best Buy day yeah. of just to get the wire. I mean you know th- these are things obviously that happen on regular movie sets all the time. But the thing is we don't have an abundance of wires. We're down to the wire um, oh. the show, but we're down literally to a wire because we're trying to keep budget tight and we're trying, we can't, you know, you can't be like, okay, it's, it's X amount. You know what? Actually we went over because it was this amount day of, you know, like that's not how these sort of ones went. Um, yeah. you know, we were, we, we, you know, how to keep whatever the budget is. We had to keep our word on what, on yeah. what it was going to cost. Um, absolutely. <clears throat> But and, but as stressful as any of these might have been, the best part is that at the end of the day they were comedy. So there was that part where you're like, okay, like even though we're filming this and you know we're shooting this, and um, I, I'm still genuinely laughing. Like and especially yeah. because I really like all three of these guys. Like like honestly, if it would be if it was somebody I probably didn't like as much, I I might not do it um, because. I, I want to be able to laugh and I want to be able to, you know, have a good time to a certain extent. I mean, you know, it's not like I do what I choose. I, I you know, I, I do what I have to do, but in these well, cases, yeah. um, I was just so grateful to work with all three of these people. I'm like, wow. Like, huh? Like, yeah. I mean, again, all three of them are genuinely nice guys and, and were not a headache at all to work with. They were really great to work with and, and really funny. And, like we were saying earlier, you have to kind of, you know, you, you listen to, like, we went to the club to listen to them, try out the material they were going to do for the set. Oh and, yeah. You know, we listened to other again. kind of, so, so again, that pre-work, like getting into their material, listening to it. Yeah. Finding um, their and voice, then, seeing when they're going to pause ex- and seeing their mannerisms. And then you plan, okay, well we can have cameras this way. Cause you know, Sam yeah. doesn't really move that much. He does this. And then post-production, you know, you better like the comic because you're going to, you're going to be spending days yeah. Um, cutting listening jokes listening over and over, over and over and, and trying to decide why is this joke better in this show than it was the second show and why right. does this angle tell the, the joke better right. and you have to constantly rewind watch rewind watch and at least for me I, I, you know um, you could speak on Mark's um, I didn't get any fatigue with Joe's um, special because I it was so funny and each time it just cracked me up um, yeah, that I it really wasn't a bother, and and uh, and I'm sure with yours was it seems the same with with Marks that there was no like, um, there was no real pressure on me during editing either. There was a lot of trust in what I was going to be cutting and what I was working on. And by the time I sent 
um, my edit, um, there were very little notes. Yeah. Same with mine. We, 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 Mark and I had very little back and forths. Um, you know, we, I think we maybe had like two big long exchanges of like, you know, emails and stuff like that and, and some phone calls or whatever, maybe FaceTimes. I can't remember, but, um, yeah, no, I mean, I loved cutting them. I would cut these guys over and over again, uh, with knives. No, I'd cut the, you know, their specials over and over again. <laughs> they, it was just so funny. I guess I regret us not taking on Sam's edit be- only because, uh, he did ask us if we want to do it. My only regret is that, um, because I loved it so much, I wa- I wanted to hear it more. Um, that's my only regret. That's the only reason why. But you know, yeah. we, at the time we were just so busy, so we weren't we weren't able to cut it. But I love the way it came out. But yeah. um, I just uh, you know, and and then it's also funny is that um, you know we were in talks to do a whole another special. Literally, as we were doing Joe's approach to do another one, but unfortunately. Corona happened, so these were canceled, and now you can't go inside anywhere as of right now uh, to do yeah. comedy. So we're we're sort of waiting and seeing what happens there. Um, trying to do something new with Sam, um, but as far as the these specials go, I think my big takeaway on how again to reassess uh, that question of like the directing part of it, it, it comes down to all those all those things we talked about, especially. Um, this budget wise, if it's not this budget wise, your directing role or producing role is going to be completely different from what we said. You would probably have yeah a lot more free time versus us being multiple roles. And I didn't mind it though at all, and I don't I don't think you mind it at all, but only because we you don't really get that unless you're. Uh, I guess a major comic where you can cut your own thing and edit it and film it and all that other stuff like a Louis CK type thing. Um, so it is cool in this sense. And I would love it if it remained this way where, you know, you and I and have our own crew and have our own budget and we just get to, you know, keep doing these because you get a final cut in the sense and you go, wow, cool. And then you're proud of it. You don't have to go, ah, damn. Like why was that put out? And has my name on it, and I didn't, you know, make yeah. it this way. But we did yeah. make it this way, and that's why I was really excited to have these come out. Well, yeah, I mean, it goes back to your point of you better want to do it, and you better like what you're spending your creative energy on, because you know, you and I have full time jobs, and and we've had uh, many jobs um, that jabs you get jabs you get burnt out a little bit because you're spending all day giving your creative energy. Um, it, you know, we work in production, so, um, yeah, whether you're shooting or editing and stuff like that. And a lot of times, you know, you, you don't really like what you're shooting I and mean, you don't really like what you're editing, but it's your job and you want to obviously make it look and sound and feel as good as it possibly can. And that takes time and that takes focus. Um, and it drains you. So when we did these, it was all on, in our own free time and yeah, it was a lot of work. Right. Um, but it was worth it because we really liked the comics. We liked their material and it was a great challenge to kind of reinvigorate creative energy. And, um, and again, it's, it's something else that will help you in the future. One special led to the next one small gig after college leads you to the another 
to the next gig and so on. So every job, every opportunity, you learn something new, you meet somebody new and, uh, and you fail and you learn from that thing. So um, it's, I mean, and, and I'm sure you've done the same thing. I took a lot of freelance jobs early on that I didn't want to do, but it was just to get, you know, a reel and to get experience yeah, and yeah, to get still knowledge. Take on freelance gigs that I didn't want to do. Yeah. So it, it, when, and a lot of, I mean, that's most of the time, that's most yeah. of the it, production is it. doing stuff you, don't, you really don't want to do, but you, you have to, um, you know, stay alive and, and eat. And yeah. Clothing, not only that, cover that big old ass of yours. Oh yeah. With clothing. But stay alive, like not even like physically alive. I mean like stay alive in the business, obviously of, of keep your brain, keep going creatively and, and wanting to do that. Um, and, and a, and a fun payoff of these ones was, um, you know, the times square advertising that they did and, and other places and posters and stuff like that. That was fun because, you know, you go, okay, cool. Economy central bought these and, um, you know, let's see what they, you know, they do about it. And they did a good marketing for, uh, I think a good amount of marketing for these specials of, you know, online and, um, you know, articles and, and all these other uh, places that picked it up. Um, and, uh, the Times Square billboards and stuff like that. And, um, you know, my, my next thing is that I hope that we cut more of their stuff and film more of these, these three guys and, you know, and more people, um, you know, I love to obviously keep doing those. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks for listening, everybody. Um, you know, don't forget to subscribe uh, wherever you can, uh, wherever you listen to podcasts. And uh, believe.com, B L E A V.com is where you can subscribe to us or on iTunes, Spotify. You know, the whole deal. But, uh, yeah, we want to give a special thank you to Mark Norman, Sam Morell, and Joe List for allowing us to be a part of their specials. And, uh, you know, again, very grateful and thank you for, for everything you guys have done. That was for your butts and balls. And I'm hugging. But there's not a sound for that. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.